in politics, in religion, and all over the world. They make us feel like they're looking for a new identity. But friends, they know exactly what they're doing in the great world revolution that's taking place today. This man, the head of the FBI, made it very clear that the communists are deliberately maneuvering among the Negroes to create a situation for outbreak of racial violence to such an extent that it can be turned into a civil war, a civil war on a racial basis. In such a civil war, should they succeed in fomenting it, the communists hope to so undermine the American government and our social structure that they can take over power. In the racial civil war that they envisage, they are sure the Negroes will be in the front ranks, the shock troops of the communist revolution. This is quoted from a congressional record, August 7, 1963. Brethren, the spirit of prophecy tells us, and I don't have the quote or the source of the quote now, it's in the White States, but that again, there'll be a racial movement, the army will be called out to put it down, and men will go back into servitude. And the result of it will be a Sunday law. Friends, we're seeing a fulfillment of the spirit of prophecy's prophecy taking place today. In this book, The Negroes in the Soviet America, written by a communist, published in the South, encouraged the Negro people to rise up and form their own country in the South. And that under communism, they would be exalted to a much higher position in society. This is a communist class that was held in the South. And as you notice on the far right-hand corner, you see that is Martin Luther King, a communist being trained to carry on this revolution. And I want you to know right now still that the revolution, communist revolution, the spearhead of it, is the Jesuits in the Roman Catholic Church. I'll prove that to you in a minute. Here he is with known card-holding communists from the conspiracy that took place in Hollywood. Beside him, Sidney Poitier and Harry Balafonte. Violence is being planned today, brethren. I was down in, uh, at the flea market, down in the city, and there uh, a man came up to the table. He heard me talking about prophecy with someone else, and he said, would you tell me something? He said, would you please tell me why? The black folks down here in the city are hoarding automatic weapons. Just down the street from me, I saw a van pull up, and they unloaded boxes of automatic weapons into a garage. What is happening? What are they planning? Brethren, I don't know how long until this, the cities are a hotbed of violence because of these type of plans. But it's coming, and Ellen White tells us that it's going to be an overwhelming persecution, relentless in its fury. The Catholic Church is involved in this uh, ethnic ac action publicly. In Africa, she is making the black prelates the only prelates there. So the church will relate to a black church at that point. This gentleman, Pope John Paul I, was in for only 33 days. The reason for this gentleman coming in for only 33 days is that he was the choice of the communist influence. The church had become fearful that Moscow would dominate the church, that she would take over it. Prelates began to move. They worked with the CIA. Cardinal Wyszynski from Poland was summoned to this secret meeting, and they decided to plan to get 
Rotilla in. Rotilla had already been deeply involved in the Vatican II project. He was an extremely intelligent man, and he was trained in the field of acting and playwriting. He was the perfect man for the job. He was a Marxist, but he was an anti-Moscow Marxist, and he would be perfect for developing the new brand of Lenin Christianity that they believed was the new age in this world. John Paul and the liberal magazines in this country, which we know are controlled by the elements that are involved in world conspiracy, set him up as a superstar. 14,000 journalists were accredited to cover his passage through this country. Millions and millions of dollars have been used to place this man in a campaign as a god among the nations today. And the Protestants, where are they? They're completely paralyzed. Protestants for the Pope. <clears throat> we see that a Protestant Baptist president invited the Pope to do the Mass on the White House lawns. He was invited before the United Nations. Here he is with Kurt Waldheim, the secretary at that time. And there before the United Nations, he revealed his Marxist beliefs. The Plain Truth magazine put out in that year says that during the 62-minute discourse at the General Assembly, the Pope shed, as it were, his clerical garb and displayed his humanistic side. He interposed his carefully chosen words with patently Marxist egalitarian themes. Murray Kempton of the New York Post said, The Pope aligned himself in spirit with the demands of the developing nations for the restructuring of the world economic order. That's a tremendous statement. And look what's going on in black Africa. When the Pope visited Africa, they even changed the color of Christ. There, when the Pope got back from the meetings there in Africa, he said... That Catholicism in Africa is Africa. The church is taking over the third world communist countries today. Prelates are now all of an ethnic nature. And in time, there is a hope and a plan that a man of an ethnic nature will become the Pope. And thus the third world... The largest part of our world, as far as the masses of mankind, will identify with the Vatican. Today, this pope has brought this uh, man, Gantian, into a promotional position, second in line to the papal seat. We read here that during the papal visit to Benin two years ago, it was Gantian who received the most rousing cheers from one welcoming crowd. John Paul's increasing trust in his African aid was acknowledged last week when Gantin, in a major reshuffle of the papal staff, was promoted to one of these most important posts in the Vatican. As he went to Central America, here he lent his speeches to the communist 